Welcome to the Hopeology Podcast, with hope for your home, your family, and your soul. I'm Hopeologist Deidre Heron, happy subscriber to Hopeology at hopeology.com. This episode, a chat on change and transition with Michael and Emily and their dad, Gary. <laughs> because it's time to change. But what is it? Is it something I want that doesn't happen? Is it something I dread? And, and it's going to happen, or maybe I fear it'll happen? So in my life, I feel like, and you, sister, I feel like have lived a lot more change. <laughs> Just because of the amount of times you've had to move your life around. For me, my change life style is, I think I live more in a fear of things changing, in an idea of things are going to change, and what if things change, and what will happen if things change, even just dumb, well, not dumb things, but even just like regular things that are supposed to change. Even my girls start middle school next year. And I think, okay, I know that's a change that's going to happen, ready or not, but I don't know what that looks like. We don't know what school they're going to go to. I, it's, it's one of those things that like, and it's a year away. They're still just starting this year. Yeah. They're just starting in fifth grade, but sixth grades are coming and I can't make it stop. And that's, something that's supposed to happen it's a sign of growth it's a positive thing you want your kids to grow you want your kids to progress to the next grade but in my mind right now all it is is unknown and so I have some anxiety when I think about it because I don't know what to expect oh wow what does that is that weird I don't know they're just starting school this year a year away from that well I I thought you just thought about this year But I I know this year because they've been at the same school for five years. And so there's no... It's not change. It's It's not not change. change. It's just continuing. It's different teacher, but it's changed within a greater context of of security. Okay. And of sameness. And so that kind of change is kind of fun because it's a different teacher, a different classroom, different friends in the class. And that's, there's like, it's like manageable change. Whereas middle school is like out of control. Because it's unknown. Exactly. So unknown probably has a lot to do with it then. I think so. If you don't know what's going to happen, or you think you don't. I wonder if it's all like about control. When stuff changes, that means you're not going to, it's not predictable and you don't have control. And so that makes it scary. What's the biggest change you ever went through? Getting married or moving or having kids or? I think for me it was just being in, yeah, moving 13 times to so many different houses and zip codes and packing and 13 times since you were married yeah okay because we yeah. moved even before that when we were kids after about eight times <laughs> right. is it not is it still change when it keeps on happening or is it actually now routine it's routine yeah it's exhausting routine like i wish that we could just stop the world for about two years and my kids wouldn't get older and nothing could change so i could just catch up and just get in a routine do you feel like you've has, can you look back on a time when it was like that? I mean, not your kids not getting older, but... Yeah, when we lived in Greensboro, mm-hmm. in the neighborhood together for a little while, and it's not all bad. I mean, I look back and I'm glad. I like a lot of the moves, but it's exhausting. It's just really tiring. And then when I think about change, that's the part, that's one of the parts that I fear is like, oh, it's another learning curve. It's another, if you're moving, then it's all the doctors and all of the work that goes with moving or whatever it is that you're doing that's change is so much work to do. Are there ways that you cope with change that you found are good or like, do you have, what's the word, like knee jerk reactions where when you see change coming or you're in the middle of change, 
there's things you do to handle or to deal or to, and maybe not, maybe not like a coping mechanism in a bad way, but something that helps you through change. Yes. (laughs) What is it? (laughs) Realize there's somebody in control of the change and it's not you and they know exactly what's going on. I'm not saying they manipulate every detail, the Lord, but he, whatever words you want to use, oversees it or engineers it, supervises it. It's all done under his watch. Uh, He can change anything at any time if he wants to. So if he doesn't, that means he didn't want to. And if he didn't want to, that means he has a reason for not wanting to. And then we read other places in the Bible where about how he's trustable and he loves us and he's always working for our good and for things that he wants to do. And so if you believe that, then you come to the conclusion that anything that he's doing and that he allows to happen must in the end have some overall good thing. And when I think of it, I always just assume that the I can always assume three things, either he's doing this and he's, or he's allowing this or engineering this for my intimacy with him. He wants me to trust him and be really, really close to him, closer than I am to Brenda. And uh, he also is up to something in the world, and this is part of that, and I can't usually understand that, but I trust that he is. And then he also probably has some aims and purposes that there's no way that I can understand them or appreciate them, and he could explain them to me, and, and it still wouldn't make sense to me simply because he's so much higher and bigger than me. And so those things, three things he's always doing. He's always working for my intimacy with him. He's always working for my, or for uh, his own purposes and making me part of it. Yay, privilege for me to be part of that. Oh, but I don't want that. It's too uncomfortable for me. I'd rather you go on about your business, Lord, without involving me, okay? And uh, it's a little bit too painful for me also to have to depend on you more than I did before because now my routine's been broken and you've interrupted my life and I'm not really into all that. So you can go ahead and about your business. Leave me out of it. I don't want to be closer to you. I don't want to be part of your big picture in the world. Oh, and by the way, I'd like to really understand everything that you're up to, even though you're God and I'm made from dust. Uh, You know, I still, I'd like to kind of be God myself and understand the big things that you're up to that I couldn't possibly understand right now. So if you don't mind... Let's leave out the intimacy, let's leave out your bigger purposes, and go ahead and make me equal to you so that I can understand everything that you're doing. I'll feel a lot better then, Lord, and I'll be a lot more comfortable with, you know, this job change things that's happening and all the unpredictability uh, that I have in the future. Because if you really loved me, Lord, you would, you would allow me to uh, be really, really comfortable and not be part of your big picture, wouldn't you? And then you know, we know the answer to that. No, no, if I loved you, I'd want you to be close to me. If I loved you, I'd want you to be part of what I'm doing. And there's no way that you can be as big as me, Gary, because there's only one of me. That's my default when stuff happens. <laughs> so you don't like binge watch Netflix or anything? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm going to pass on that oh. answer. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Your answer's much better. <laughs> That's how you really do it. <laughs> right. Like, I'm just like going to watch dad. a familiar show and uh, <laughs> kick it on back with a bowl of ice cream because too much is a change in around here. That's, that's not all you do, though. You say no. that. You say that because it sounds good to talk like that. That's awesome. <laughs> but there's more to it. There is more. And, you know, that's good. When we moved to the house where now we didn't have a kitchen for the first four months, and so every morning I made the exact same breakfast, English muffins, because we had toast, a toaster, and then we had a, like a griddle, a plug-in griddle. Mm-hmm. And so I could make sausage and scrambled eggs on that. And so they had an English muffin sandwich every single morning. 
and it was great because that was like one meal I actually cooked that day, even mm-hmm. if we didn't. They have, have grown dinner. to love English muffins too. <laughs> well, you would think they would hate them. Yes. Yesterday I was like, Gavin, what do you want me to make for breakfast? And he was like, Mom, English muffins. Uh, that's what breakfast I know, is. Like, that's what you have <laughs> during school. We have not had that all summer. <gasps> oh, it's because school it's food. school food. <laughs> And I was so delighted. Somebody likes yeah. to routine. get to back. Yeah, yeah I'm like, of make... course we are. Are you kidding me? That was just a test. See, right. We are a, having English muffins. As mom, full kitchen. you thought you were forcing your family to suffer. Oh, you feel horrible about yeah. it. Like, that's all but we can have, they kids. They actually were thriving yeah. in that. Yeah, that's part of school. Isn't that it's funny? English muffins. If so I a little could just bit of routine. get in the head of my kids for a day and see all the things I'm doing right, <laughs> right. that I don't want to stop doing because it's what is working and keeping things sane. Oh, that's good. The English, the school breakfast. School breakfast. I love it. Yeah, we had, growing up, I remember we would come home from school and mom always had an after school snack. ASS, sorry. <laughs> What's that mean? After, after school, school snack. snack. Oh, oh. My kids don't get one. I have guilt about it. I have guilt They get too. their own. It's just not presented on it's a platter. Not, oh, we would come home from school. Smith Elementary School, mm-hmm. my favorite as place. Humble as the after-school snack would be. Oh, she would make banana and peanut butter, toast and peanut butter and syrup. Store-bought cr- cookies, graham crackers cookies. with powdered sugar. Powdered sugar. Yes, graham cracker water. sandwiches. Graham yeah. cracker sandwiches. Sandwiches. Yeah. That's but what we call. She them. would have them. She laid still out. makes them for me sometimes. <laughs> yes. Baby, baby. Did you get an after work snack, Dad? Hey, you, made I'm me so some, you made me some Greg Rapper sandwiches. <laughs> a graham cracker sandwich. <laughs> Special like treat. Baby. She oh loves me when she does <laughs> But we would, and she would have it so presentable with like a glass of something right. and a napkin and a plate with cookies on it. We get off the bus and come in and eat our ASS. Yep. My kids get that like one and a half times a year. I know, but they don't know. But your guilt is only because of you. They don't know that that exists. Oh, I know. It's not a lot of guilt now. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's, yeah, half-hearted guilt. Yeah. But that was one way that, I don't know that mom meant to do that. Maybe she just thought, this is what I do, you know, because I'm the mom and this is my normal thing. But that was a very stable thing, you know, in the midst of change, because we moved around as, you know, we, we got different jobs in different places and we'd move around and go to different schools and states and all that, but... You know, mom, mom pretty much stayed the same, and that was comforting as a kid. Graham cracker sandwiches. She knows what's important. <laughs> a graham cracker sandwich. Right. Priorities is all I'm saying. Especially in times of change. I mean, I I need me some graham cracker sandwiches right now. Oh no, right. <laughs> Basically, God and food. <laughs> change right. equals. Yes. God and food. Food for your soul and food for your belly. Sounds good to me. Any change you're, uh, any other change you're fearing, change you're afraid of right now, change you've been afraid of all your life. That's rather personal. I okay. know. <laughs> and I wanted to come back and bite me. <laughs> rather personal. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> I'm rather uncomfortable right now. <laughs> That's your job, though. When you ask to, the questions, it's you don't job. have to answer them. No, you don't have to answer them. But no. it is your job to be uncomfortable and then talk about it, it for is. the sake of people who, can, who also can't or won't talk about I, it. You're right. You're exactly right. John, um, John and I, I've been saying for a year now that we're living in a time of transition, but now that it's been a year, <laughs> it feels normal. And so I don't know if I can use that word transition But anymore. you know what? Your transition started 
a year before the change actually happened, right? At least a year. So, Because you guys do stuff different than some people do. We you, have a long runway. Yes, it's a long runway. The takeoff is slow. But yeah. then you get a lot of altitude, too, once you once you get going. It's true. But So your change actually started with a discussion before John left his job. Yeah. He quit his job. He quit his job. He didn't have to quit his job. He had no problems on his job. No, he had a great job. He quit job. his job and lost his income and did not replace it. And right. you talk, oh, dear right. God. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and you, uh, uh, but, uh, but you planned it and talked about it for a long time. How did that feel when you first started having that talk about what that might be? Well, the first conversations about change are very exciting because you get to think of all the hope and you don't have to deal with any of the consequences. So when we yeah. first had those conversations, it was, let's think about this because dreaming is free and there's no risk and there's no, um, although I will tell you this. Five years ago, John couldn't have those conversations because dreaming was not free. Dreaming cost a lot for him. It seemed and felt very risky for him to have conversations about making any kind of changes. Just to talk? Just and to just, talk. Just to think about it? He would not, I would say, I mean, he had a great job, but I don't know that it was the job he was meant to be in until he retired. And he, he probably would agree with that. But if I would ask him questions like, well, if you could do anything, you know, just and it didn't really matter about, you didn't have to think about all the details. What would it be? Could not answer the question. Couldn't go there. I don't, I don't know. Because he was so he was so tied up in, um, the dream was so tied into reality for him that he couldn't separate it out. But um, after his dad died, actually, um, I feel like that, I, I don't know if this is psychologically or true or theologically true, but in our experience, um, the grief that he had to access for um when his dad died lived right next to the desire for his own life for john's own life oh. so it was almost like in losing his dad it in touched some the ways, other part he woke up to himself and even though that was a great loss it was also uh he was poked awake i feel like and something about w watching someone you love um leave the world you realize you're still here and i think that sort of triggered something in john to begin to dream again or dream for the first time maybe and so we had been having conversations here there a little bit but it wasn't until going through and walking through that deep grief and darkness but um you know the verse in the bible talks about even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will feel no evil because you're with me and we definitely I feel like we definitely um, experienced that walking through. We didn't, he didn't stop there in that shadow, but he kept walking through. And on the other side, there was great hope because I feel like John has become now more fully himself. He hasn't, he hasn't changed, but he has changed. But the change has been, he's been, he's given himself permission to be who he really most deeply like is. Like a flower blooming oh, and opening on. up. Don't make well, it cheesy. No, but seriously, I mean, that it, <laughs> it is cheesy, but it's there's truth it's, to that. There's, it's cheesy because it's a thing we it's, that we all relate to. But so all of that to say, um, yes, when we first started having those conversations years ago, he couldn't have the conversation. Then when he started to wake up to who he most deeply is and where his security really is found, which is not in his job or his income, um, but is in Christ. And not to say that, so everyone quit your job because you're secure in Christ. I mean, there's logistics to it and there's things that we've had to set in place and We've Which had you to did save for like up, a year. And we did it for a couple of years. And so it wasn't just a matter of like, oh, a whim. John doesn't do anything on a whim, by the way. He doesn't even change his brand of ice cream because 
you know. Very different from Chad and uh, <laughs> Michael's husband. I, 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 I like the contrast that those two have. They get along so well, yet they, they are do. so They're different. They're extremely different in how they approach changing things. Yeah. Anyway. That's true. But all that to say, now we, we've been a year out from him transitioning out of that job. I think John dealt with some of the grief of leaving the people and the church. He worked at a church. He was a youth pastor. And um, he sort of dealt with it as it came. Whereas I've noticed in myself, it took me about six months to realize, oh, things are different now. It's not going to go back to how it was. I think I held on to like, but then soon things will return to normal. And there's no normal really now. Um, There's a normal that we're used to, but there's not a normal that you can go back to. And so... um, I've had to sort of have some good cry fests <laughs> and sort of releasing some of my own expectations about um, how life is supposed to look. I think when we when you grow up and you think about growing up and becoming a grown up and getting married and having kids, you have an idea of you're going to get a job and you'll have it forever. And I don't know that that's really how most people live their lives. If you no. if you ask individual people, you'll find that everybody's job in some ways is pieced together and salary is not necessarily the same every month. And it's getting more and more that way. It's too. changing a lot. And in some ways, I am so deeply thankful for that because we are able to have a lot more decisions about things that you know years ago we didn't and that we can have some control over some stuff but there's also some instability and fear in that too but there's still this thing in my head that like there's a way it's supposed to be in quotes and we're not doing it right or that you know I think there's sometimes a fear of like well if we could just or if I if we would just figure out you know and fill in the blank it's kind of weird how you get your expectations you don't know where they come from they just sort of land on you and then you treat them as God Right. And uh, measure everything compared to something that you've never even really thought out. Mm-hmm. And they, they rule you. and um, Right. And it takes work you, to let go of those. You can't just change them by thinking it. No. So we're sort of living into the changing of them rather than deciding to change them. And it's, I mean, that's kind of working out for us so far. We'll keep you posted <laughs> on that. I always admire, Michael, and how you guys... You're able to sort of think about something and you make a decision and it's more like a helicopter. Like you don't need that long runway all the time. And sometimes it's been great and sometimes you're like, well, we do it different next time. But You get more experience that way. Yeah, and now you kind of know. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, and I like that. I like to function like that. I don't have a lot of regrets about... What do you like? Why do you like that? Um, because just like to logically think about something and get advice on something and look at the pros and cons and then make a decision and then move and stop thinking about it right because I'd rather do it than I like thinking about it I like the process of decision making um, and I want to do that well but I would prefer to go ahead and do it you your change is in the last year after living in the same house for however many years that was four or five whatever it was and renting, then you bought a house and a lot of property with it uh, that all had to have work on it, 12 acres, that every single inch of it has to have something done. Right. And uh, kids going to a new school system Mm -hmm. and husband transitioning out of a job Mm -hmm. and writing a book Mm -hmm. and releasing a book, which has just like the whole other job itself. So how has that felt? And you picked all that stuff. We, really? That was our dream. Yeah, you picked all it. of that was, and it's all like the best stuff. It's all great stuff. The school was great. Our dream was to buy a house. Our dream was to have land. Chad is getting to work on the land, which is so great. I got a book deal. It's all such great stuff that we hoped for. Um, and so that part I think is really good. It's overwhelming 
at times, but I also know that, you know, all that stuff happened to happen at the same time and it's a season. Like I don't, I have to remind myself that the rest of my life is not going to be like 30 huge projects like that. I'm not saying the rest of my life I'm going to kick back and not do anything, but I think I'll be kicking back on my sofa in the house that I'm in most likely and not moving in two years. And so there's, I like that because we're doing that all with purpose. We're, you know, he quit his job so we could work on the barn and have people there. And we bought property with purpose and we moved to the country with purpose. And we went to that school because we want all our boys will probably graduate from there. And Gavin's only, you know, he started there in sixth grade. So that's half his school year. So I have to always remind myself of all of those really positive things because it is really overwhelming. It's the most expensive house we've ever bought. It needs the most work. It's the ugliest slash most beautiful place we've ever lived. But if we wouldn't have gotten it, we would have been so mad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you ever feel, because it is all, most of that has changed that you chose. Mm -hmm. Do you ever hesitate to feel like, because I'm like, oh, I feel guilty for hating this change because I chose this change. So how do you deal with that? Or do Um, you? I just tell you. (laughs) call up your sister because yeah like with the book stuff you can't complain about that because it's all so great great. but there's stuff that goes with it each each piece of the change has a cost i found that you can talk about it because we all have had stuff like that that we've chosen right right. but still hard i choose it again absolutely so hard oh it's like when we were wanting to be pregnant and have a family and it took you know it took you guys like half a second to get pregnant it took us longer but not even not long by the standards of long at all. But then we had twins and, you know, a month into it, I was, you know, every day, <laughs> we wanted this so badly and we got two over abundantly beyond all we could ask or imagine. And yet there was this deep sense of grief <laughs> for my lost life of human and personhood because it was so much change at once, not just being a mom, but being a mom of two. And now I, my husband and we relate differently and everything seemed like it was different. And I... It, it was such a deep, deep sense of loss. Mm. And it was hard to reconcile that because I wanted it. It was such a great gift. And it was great change. But I also had to acknowledge the loss and sort of grieve the loss of what my life used to be. And I had to wrestle with feeling guilty about that. Right. I don't think I, I don't think, I think it's okay to feel how you feel. I don't think I needed to feel guilty about that. But that was the reality of one of my emotions that I had to deal with. Mm. But see, the thing is, is, it's you said this earlier that change is a sign of life and that's so true because if we weren't changing then what it's like when you stop changing you stop growing and when you stop growing there's no living so exactly let's let this let's lean into this change and let this be a part of me being a person among other people and let's learn to change with grace and move into it even though it might be really messy and because I feel like having those children of course built our family and it's a lovely gift and all but it also it forced me into writing in a way that I never would have been forced into it forced me to sort of put pen to paper in a way that I had never been brave enough to do before and I feel like in the writing I have found more who I truly am and that's a part of being desperate and broken and being needing to find some type of like order in my crazy life so you mean even like if your dreams come true it still results in desperateness and brokenness (laughs) isn't that really really unfortunate aren't we trying to escape desperateness and brokenness (laughs) one podcast at a time (laughs) make sure you pick out some upbeat music for this (laughs) 
So basically, your dreams coming true will break it. you. No matter what and happens. You will be broken right. and desperate. It goes with the territory. <laughs> what were those words I told you that my friend told me? Uh, gratitude. Yes. Dissolves. The verb is very important. Gratitude <laughs> dissolves disappointment. That's the truth. And so that applies, really, even when your dreams come true and all the stuff that you wanted this happens, but you have to deal with the reality of the price of it, all the change that it takes, all that stuff that Michael and you talked about. The thing that you did was you thought about what you did have and it won't, be, you know, the cost, you don't pay that cost forever and ever. Dissolves is the key word. Really, I hear it because the, that evidently. You, you can feel it. Word. You can feel it. You can feel it. Yes, you can feel a disappointment <laughs> dissolving, but you have to push into the gratitude part. Mm -hmm. We done? I feel like it was a downer. I feel like we need to talk about something happy. We tried to be happy enough and talk about change, and we <laughs> failed. Sorry. Change is a downer. Good luck with it. What, what else can you do? What are you going to say? I don't know. Are you going to well, put a I nice bow on it? You want to turn something Do you in? have a good change listen. you want to end on? No. <laughs> See? But, but listen, Why, how can you laugh? Why are you laughing? Next if year it's such a, if, if it's, it's so such bad, a, where's the laughter come from? Then, exactly. If it's so bad, see, it's, a, the, it's, it's comic a, it's relief. Because it would be so much worse if we were still in that rental it's without right. a barn, an ugly, horrible property with barnless like metal rental all over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the way it is. Yeah, it is. Laughter and joy think in the middle of yeah. I mean, it's just reality. I know. You're it's either. encouraging to me. And we're all, that's where we all live. We're either, we just right. changed, we're in the middle of change, we're getting ready to change. Yep. It's all about all, the changing. We're either dreading it or looking forward to it. Or, or fearing it. Or exhausted it. from it. And we all feel the same way, whether we fear it or whether we're in the middle of it or whether we're uh, yearning for it. And then when we get it, we get there and then we go, uh, this isn't exactly how I pictured it. Because there's something ongoing wrong, more going on than just fulfilling this dream expectation that we have. It comes with a whole lot of other junky stuff, which is actually the good part. When it's because stuff grows in there, it's like dirt. Oh, that's nasty. You gotta wash it off. No, it grows things. <laughs> so, the moral of the story is trust God in the midst of change and find a show on Netflix. There you go. Yes. And cook good meals. And make egg McMuffins. Yeah. Only on school days. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. To connect with the Hopologist and find hope and encouragement for your home, your family, and your soul, visit hopology.com. Or write to us at hopology at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>